Welcome to The Whole Steward, the holistic approach to wealth from a Christian worldview. I'm your host, Andrew Stanton, and I'm glad you've joined. In all toil, there is profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty. The blessing of the Lord makes rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. These and many other proverbs point to the results of wisdom and stewardship. But what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? We'll answer that question today on The Whole Steward. Well, this is episode number 27. I'm glad you've joined. Thank you for sticking with me. This will be an exciting ride today to explore what the answer to this question is. What shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? It's a rhetorical question asked by Jesus, and we'll seek to answer it today. Luke 6.38 reads, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, Jesus is teaching here that with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. This is not a form of karma. This is a similar promise to what we saw in the Proverbs. Another verse, Hebrews 13.5, Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have, for he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. See, there's... There is a precedent for appreciating and enjoying what God has given us on this earth. And we are stewards of it. We've talked about this many times. We are stewards of the physical wealth that we have and many other areas as well. As you know, there are nine areas. Spiritual, living, intellectual, experiential, relational, cultural, material, financial, and time. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Luke 16, 11 says, If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? What are these true riches, though? Let's ask that question. Because if you are to gain the whole world, in all toil there is profit, and many businesses are very profitable, but if you forfeit your soul, what have you really gained in the long run? What have you gained in eternity? Nothing on this earth is lasting. So let's address that today. Finally, Ecclesiastes 5.10, He who loves money will not be satisfied with money nor he who loves wealth with his income. This also is vanity. See, Solomon realized and admitted that if you love money, and that is the reason why you are pursuing the value creation to gain this earthly wealth, this value on earth that does not translate to the spiritual realm, then you are partaking in a vanity because it will be gone someday. 
It'll be long to somebody else. So what is our plight then? Our plight, Proverbs 11.4, Solomon will tell you exactly what it is. Riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. See, in the day of wrath, doesn't matter how much money you have, there will be nothing that you won't be able to buy your way out of God's wrath. doesn't work that way. See, God is a perfect judge. He is a holy judge, and he will not be bribed, not with any wealth, not with any value creation, not with any good works that we have done. So let's answer the question then, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? The last part of the plight, I want to read Psalm 49. To the choir master, a psalm of the sons of Korah. Hear this, all peoples. Give ear, all inhabitants of the world, both low and high, rich and poor together. My mouth shall speak wisdom. The meditation of my heart shall be understanding. I will incline my ear to a proverb. I will solve my riddle to the music of the lyre. Why should I fear in times of trouble? When the iniquity of those who cheat me surrounds me, those who trust in their wealth and boast of the abundance of their riches, truly no man can ransom another or give to God the price of his life. For the ransom of their life is costly and can never suffice that he should live on forever and never see the pit. For he sees that even the wise die. The fool and the stupid alike must perish and leave their wealth to others. Their graves are their homes forever, their dwelling places to all generations, though they called lands by their own names. Man in his pomp will not remain. He is like the beasts that perish. This is the path of those who have foolish confidence. Yet after them people approve of their boasts. Like sheep, they are appointed for Sheol. Death shall be their shepherd. And the upright shall rule over them in the morning. Their form shall be consumed in Sheol with no place to dwell. But God will ransom my soul from the power of Sheol, for he will receive me. Be not afraid when a man becomes rich, when the glory of his house increases. For when he dies, he will carry nothing away. His glory will not go down after him. For though while he lives, he counts himself blessed, and though you get praise when you do well for yourself, his soul will go to the generation of his fathers who will never again see light, man in his pomp, yet without understanding, is like the beasts that perish. You see, to gain wealth and to gain riches without knowing the Lord is a futile thing. You will go down 
to the place where your fathers are. And Sheol is the Jewish term for the grave. Everyone will go to the grave. No matter how much money you had or how little, how much value you provided in this earth or how little, all of that does not matter if you don't know the Lord. See, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. So our plight then is that we are destined to the grave, every one of us, rich and poor together. But here's the call. Here's the call of God. In Deuteronomy, before the Israelites were going in to possess the land, God reminded them as they were taking possession of it that, quote, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers, as it is this day, end quote. So remember that God is the one who gives you the power to get wealth. Certainly this was true for Israel, and it is true still today. See, remembering the Lord your God is a spiritual act. And God certainly reiterated that through his son Jesus in Matthew 6, 19 to 21. Quote, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. End quote. Now, what is the good news, though? If we are destined to the grave, no matter whether we store up wealth on this earth as good stewards of what God has given us, we cannot take any of it with. So Christ is encouraging us, or commanding us, to not lay up for ourselves these treasures on earth. That is not where our hope is. We use them while we're here to glorify Him. But it is not where our hope is because we recognize that the moths and the rust destroy. The wealth of this world is passing away. But that which is grounded in heaven is eternal. So what is the good news of the gospel? We are sinners in need of a Savior. Mark 1.15, Jesus said, quote, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. John 14.6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Matthew 3.8 Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Ephesians 2.8-10 For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. 
Romans 10, 9 to 10. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. And finally, 2 Corinthians 5.21, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Therefore, I say to you today, on the whole, steward, that if you are storing up treasure on this earth and not storing up treasure for yourself in heaven, and that means rebelling against God, doubting his word, or rejecting his son Jesus, you will be as those described in Psalm 49. You will go down to Sheol, and that will be your home forever. But if you repent and believe the gospel, believe the good news that Christ died for your sins, and you put your faith in him as your Savior, and you trust that his righteousness is imputed to you so that his righteousness becomes yours and you then will live your life for Christ because you have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, then you will be saved. The result then? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the Beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit whom is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, 
that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. See, we who have believed in Christ Having the eyes of our hearts enlightened, we may know what is the hope that he has called us to, and what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. This is the promise of a spiritual inheritance in a kingdom that he will set up one day. This kingdom is everlasting. This is everlasting life. Ephesians 3.8 reads, To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the immeasurable riches of Christ. The blessings of knowing Christ, having your sins forgiven, and having your inheritance firmly grounded in that which does not perish, are the unsearchable riches of Christ. I forget who said it, but he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Romans 8.18, I'll finish this section with this. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. So set your hope firmly on the eternal promises of God in Christ. When we come back, we'll look at how this plays into our stewardship and what our response should be next on The Whole Steward. Hey there, it's Andrew. I pour a lot into The Whole Steward, and I'm so humbled you're listening. Did you know I regularly post new articles to our website? I also send the Holistic Approach to Wealth newsletter once a week, to which you can subscribe at thewholesteward.com newsletter. If you're enjoying what you're hearing on the show, would you share it with a friend or leave us a review? I'd really appreciate it. Oh, and thanks for listening. So what is our response? Well, for starters... If you repent and believe the gospel, then you will be interested in what God commands for you to do, what he commands for his followers in terms of stewardship. Now, there are many commands in the New Testament and the Old Testament, and we've looked at many of them over the past weeks. I'll just touch on a few here. But this is not to leave out any. It's not a comprehensive list, in other words. Luke 12, 33 to 34. 
Jesus says, sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I want to ask you today, where is your heart? Is it in the treasure on this earth? Or is it in the treasure of heaven? Matthew 6.24 No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. We've also looked at 1 Timothy 6.17-19 as a reminder. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. So what's the final takeaway? If you have trusted Christ, you're a servant of God, you are a whole steward, and you are seeking to honor Him in every area of stewardship, then search the Scriptures and see what does He tell us to do with our wealth. What does He tell us to do with our time, our talents, our experience, our our intellect? One of the ways that we can do that is to be generous and ready to share, to give to the needy. Uh, My wife and I, one of the things that we like to do is systematically give to organizations that help the needy. So there, there are many families throughout history, even recent history, who have been extremely wealthy. You think of the Rockefellers, or the Vanderbilts, or the Rothschilds. If they don't have the treasure that is in heaven, they go to the grave and ultimately the final judgment with no substitution. Nothing that we have on this earth can buy our way into heaven. No amount of value provided, no amount of good works, because... If you could bribe the judge, would he be a good judge? If you violate the law, you're not on trial for the supposed good things that you've done. You're on trial for the violation of the law. And you will go to judgment and pay the fine. But if God pays that fine for you in the blood of his son, and you accept and trust that payment as sufficient, and then you honor him with your life in a way that shows that you really do trust in Jesus and believe his words, then you believe in him who sent him, you will have eternal life. You will have those immeasurable riches that we talked about today. You will have treasure in heaven. And that does not mean that you immediately divest yourself of all your earthly treasure, it means that what you do with it now is in honor of God, in honor of His commands. 
Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my word. And finally, I want to leave you with this good word. Philippians 4.19, Paul says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Thanks for listening today. Now that you know more, go out and grow more. All content on The Whole Steward is for informational purposes only and must not be considered personal, professional, tax, or legal advice. Please consult an appropriate professional for individualized advice. Though we do our best to bring you reliable information, we make no guarantee on its accuracy. So you must rely on your own due diligence to draw your own conclusions. The views expressed by guests on the show are their own and may not represent that of the host. Please visit our website for complete terms and conditions. Thanks for joining us today for the holistic approach to wealth from a Christian worldview. This show is brought to you by thewholesteward.com.